welcome back to the Black Terms Podcast. Thanks again to everyone for tapping in with us. For this episode, the 365 of Black History, the MOVE organization will be talking to the very special guest, Mike Africa Jr., star of the HBO documentary, 40 Years a Prisoner, and host of On a Move Podcast. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again, in case y'all forgot, On Black Terms is brought to you by Tandem Ed, where we are living, learning, and leading alongside community. Tandem Ed is a consulting organization that exists as a healthy bridge between community and institutions. So I'm Dr. Narelle Edwards, Director of Communications Creative Contact at Tandem Ed, and I'm co-hosting today's episode with Jason Rivers, our Managing Director of Services and National Director of Tandem Ed's signature program, Own Your Story, as well as the head of Tandem Ed, CEO and co-founder, Dr. Brian Barnes. So um, do you guys have anything you guys want to add before we sort of let our uh, guest introduce himself and tell us all his really great background? Just, just add a good, a good morning, and uh, you know, glad, glad to be in the house with, with brother Mike. Yeah, Alfred. yeah, just you know, and excited to jump into today's conversation. I know it's going to be rich. Um, just really been anticipating this, so we're excited to build and and share um, the knowledge with community. Yes, awesome. All right, Mike Africa Jr. On the move, and peace to everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I look forward to the progress and the movement and the activities that I know you guys are bringing. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how to introduce myself. I don't usually introduce myself that much these days because um, I don't know, I'm on Zoom a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, my name is Mike Africa Jr. As you said, um, I'm a member of the MOVE organization. I was born in the organization following a vicious, I mean, vicious police assault on our house where they came and shot tear gas and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. And um, and then they, they arrested the members of the, of the group. And uh, my mother was one of those people. And um, my mission, uh, or after she was arrested, um, she was sentenced to a hundred years in prison and a whole lot of things happened in between the time that she was sentenced and eventually uh, my work to free her uh, actually three years ago today. Oh, wow. What a special day today is then. Special day. That's beautiful. So could you just, I think, I'm thinking that a lot of people or some people might not fully understand like MOVE and its history. Could you give us kind of like a short, like history of like move how it got started where it's based some people might not know that it's based in philly i mean i don't know are you guys national have has it branched out you know in the you know 50 years that move has been around no the organization is based in philadelphia there's different um like support groups around this around the country and outside the country too but the move move members uh, are 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 all based pretty much in philly area so um, the history of MOVE, the MOVE organization started in the early 70s. The above ground chapter was started. Um, John Africa, who's the founder of the organization, he saw the destruction of life. And he, you know, he was a um, poor black man from Philly, West Philadelphia, down the bottom, what's commonly known as the bottom in, in Philly uh, because of its, its poor, poor section. And um, he was, you know, born in the 30s during this crazy time for black people 
couldn't find jobs, didn't have everything you needed. And so uh, in, in, uh, when the Korean War was calling for the draft, John Africa was one of the people that were selected. Uh, and when he saw the destruction, I mean, that was part of what shaped his understanding of how dangerous the system is. And he was in war. He saw battle. He saw brothers killed. He saw the water polluted. Rivers that you could drink from today, the next day is polluted. Mountains obliterated. He saw animals burned and, and shot. And it, it just, it hit him. It, it, it affected him, had a very deep impact on his life and on his, and on his mental capacity of understanding the system. And uh, shortly after that, and even probably partially doing, during that time, he began to expose the system and talk to people about it. And in, in, and in the 70s, he created the above ground chapter of his organization called MOVE. And um, while he was putting out information about the dangers of the system, you know, uh, other people just started coming to, to listen to what he had to say and, and experience his wisdom and, and, and his knowledge. Uh, the organization's mission is to protect life. And when we say life, we're talking about people, animals, and the environment. And, uh, you know, our, our, our mission is to give other people the, uh, the understanding of the need to protect life too. And that's, that's how the organization began. And that's where the organization still is today. So, so interested in, in, in your, in your story <clears throat> as a part of that, uh, brother Mike Africa Jr., you know, um, have read, you know, different interviews, uh, where you talked about, you know, sort of growing up without your parents, uh, and not knowing that, um, you know, this community of mothers and others that were raising you, not knowing until some time that, you know, your parents were actually incarcerated and, and having a full picture. What was that experience like of just sort of growing up, being in community and having, you know, the the village, you know, sort of, sort of raise you until you were able to come to that understanding? You know, when I was when I was a child and I was in the house with my family, we we were uh, we were a the house was like a, 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 a bustling assembly line. There was so much activity and so many people helping, right? I mean, when, when I was getting ready for school, it wasn't just me up getting ready for school. You know, you had you had Aunt Lorraine ironing clothes. You had Uncle Dennis handing out change for lunch. You mm -hmm. had you had um, Grandma in the kitchen making food. You had Aunt uh, Aunt Sharon who was getting people dressed. It was a, it was it was it was community. Mm -hmm. You know. It was so many people involved in helping out. Your sister telling you to hurry up and get out the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Your cousins on the other side, like they already dressed the outside, waiting and patient because they want to leave you. It was, it was just, it was a, a, a real strong community, and I never even really knew that I was missing something at that time. I didn't even really understand it because I didn't know, I didn't know who my mother was, and you know. At that time, you didn't even, it wasn't even something I really thought about that much. Like, because, you know, in MOVE, you know, it, it was a strange time because at that time I was, I was a MOVE member who was like 
kind of drifting away from move because of what happened with the bombing and all of that. So it was like, but the mother was the last thing on my mind. I was content with what I was doing and who I was around and all of that. And then when, you know, when, when I, when I tried to call my aunt mom, cause she told, you know, th that became an, another issue when she like really made me aware that she wasn't my mother. Cause I didn't know who she was. It was, you know, when you're taken away from your mother, you, you see this in the, in the encampments with ice. If you look at, if you pay attention and you understand that like some of these kids, when they get reunited with their, with their mothers after being away for a couple of years, they don't remember this other person that they call that they used to call mom. So it was the same way for me. I didn't know. I didn't know. Mm. Uh, somebody had to reintroduce that idea to me. And once right. I understood, then it became like a constant, like, you know, a constant question mm. in my mind. That's just you, that's that's dope. I mean, it's it's powerful when you talk about how um community was able to you know stand in the gap and really keep you from ever even realizing that you were missing anything until it became time to to um to have an awareness of like you know who and what your mother is and your father the same <clears throat> um i heard you talk about you know the first time um that you you know when you went to visit your mother in prison and you were I guess visualizing what she would look like and watching these different people, you know, come into the visiting room. Uh, but you had this image in your head of, you know, who and what she would look like. And and then when you the 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 excitement when what was in your imagination matched the beauty of the person that that you know walked towards you. Could you just talk about that moment for a minute? Um, the first time that you were able to to visually see your mom and what that experience was like for you? You know, the, I appreciate that question, Jason. Um, the, the thing that <clears throat> you ever, yeah. uh, all right, I'm a young brother from Philly, right? And you know, we, we get the hookup from the guys, right? You know, yo, I got a girl for you. Yeah, what she look like? I'm gonna have her call you tonight. What she look like? <laughs> I'm gonna have you call, I'm, she gonna call you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now you hear this sweet voice on the other end of the phone, but you don't really know what she looked like. <laughs> you just like you trying to imagine and trying to hope that the person on the other end matches the sounds mm -hmm. of her voice. You know, and and when she don't, <laughs> you call your homie like, yo, why you do that to me, man? And mm -hmm. that's in this uncomfortable position. And if she likes you, that's that's even worse. Trouble. <laughs> Trouble. Because now you got to try to find a way to let her down gently, avoid her, and not hurt her feelings. When I was when I was in that in that room waiting for my mom, I don't know if it's vanity. I don't know if it's me just being, I don't know what it was. But I had this hope that she matched the image. I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want to be hurt. I just hoped that she looked a way that I liked. And when I saw her, I was thinking to myself, I don't know if that's her, but I hope it is. And it, it worked out, it was her. So um, I don't know, I, and, and I don't even, I mean, it was, and it was like butterflies. And you know, it was like, you know how they say, um, 
your mother is the first person the boys connect with, you know what I mean? That's how they choose their wives and all that kind of stuff. That's how I felt like, you know, and then when I, I remember being in school, I remember there was this girl and when I was in first grade, homie, like first grade, there's this girl, I remember her name was Cherie Noblin. If she out there, <laughs> I'm married to somebody else now, but <laughs> but this girl though, she was, I remember looking at this girl and I was like, damn, she reminds me of the kind of person that I would marry. And the reason I said that is because the look of her, the skin color was very similar to my own mother. You know, and that's that's how it was, man. When I first when I first saw my mom, it was like it was everything that I dreamed it would be. Mm. That's powerful, man. That's real powerful. You have mentioned something, um, you know, so a lot of people are aware or, or not a, some people, more people tend to be aware of the bombing of 85, right? In the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unaware that there was two major assaults on the move family, on the movement um, by the city of Philadelphia. Um, could you talk a little bit about those experience and when I when I realized the difference between the two and the fact that like one one is vicious enough, right? And the fact that the organization, um, the resilience, the strength to stay intact, but then to suffer again another circumstance, um, you know, that 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 you know more people tend to to be aware of. But can you just talk a little bit about you know, both of those circumstances and um, where were you in relationship? Because by, you know, in the eighties, you're growing up in the organization. Um, were you, were you around that house in 85? Um, you know, can you just talk a little bit about both scenarios and then um, I guess where it was, where you were in relation, because we know that you, you weren't born yet uh, in the first incident. But just talk about the impact on on the the organization as a whole um, and what is important for people to understand about both of these uh, situations that may not be aware and the way that the United States government, you know, the city of Philadelphia um, organized, mobilized uh, to to commit to to attack its residents. Yeah, you know. A lot of people remember Rodney King, right? A lot of people remember George Floyd. A lot of people remember uh, Breonna Taylor. A lot of people remember Ahmaud Arbery. A lot of people, we're talking about these are recent histories. A lot of people are now talking about Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? I just gave you a, 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 a general span of state violence from 2000, the 2000s and, and current time, 2020s, all the way and beyond that, right? Because we're still, we're in 21 now, but we've seen police shootings after. We've seen Walter Wallace Jr. in Philly, um, but also before that, a hundred years ago, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and all in between that hundred years, black people have been experiencing state violence. And, you know, um, MOVE is no different than Malcolm X, 
Move is no different than the Black Panthers. Move is no different than, than, than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Anybody that speaks out against injustice in the system, you're a target. And that's what we found out clearer than we had understood before uh, on August 8th, 1978. Move had been protesting against the injustice of, uh, of, of one of our Move brothers that were arrested. He was put in jail and given, 60, or, uh, given uh, six months in jail, 13 year old kid because he uh, didn't go to school. Hmm. Truancy officers came and put him in jail for six months. So members of the organization protested against that and specifically eight months, eight months pregnant, Rhonda Africa. She was at the uh, city hall, sheriffs came and they, and they grabbed her and they beat her up and they knocked her into a plate glass window, fracturing her skull and beating her in her stomach. And shortly after that, her baby was born with black and blue bruises all over his body and stillborn. Move took a stand. Nah, we don't come to your house or your precincts beating on you and your women and your wife and your pregnant wives. We don't beat up, we don't beat up none of y'all. And we ain't gonna accept this from y'all doing that to us. So Move took a stand on May 20th, 1977. Move came on the plat on the platform that they built around the house with they was armed. Much like you saw the Black Panthers going to court with weapons, armed, and said, if you come at us with fists, we'll fight you with fists. You come at us with clubs, we'll fight you with clubs. You come in here shooting at our brothers and sisters, and we're gonna shoot back in defense of our lives. That's created a standoff. Police set up a barricade. It was all around the house, all around the block. People were people needed identification just to go on the street they lived on. And um, that standoff resulted in hundreds of cops coming to Moose House, sent by the mayor at the time, Frank Rizzo, who was a brutal mayor, vicious mayor. He was the one who said uh, the police department in Philadelphia could invade Cuba and win. He was the one who said that his, 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 the iron fist that he rules with will be so strong it will make Attila the Hun look like a faggot. He was so brutal, so vicious. He was the Trump of the, of the 70s in Philadelphia. And he raided Moves House with tear gas, bullets, water cannons from fire departments. And in the midst of all of that gunfire and smoke and tear gas and grenade, my mother was pregnant with me. Mm. And after the raid, um, members of uh, everybody that was in the house were arrested. Move members, uh, children, you know, and um, and pregnant women too. And they and they put my mom in jail. And I was and 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 five weeks after that raid, while my mom was in a jail cell, she gave birth to me on the on the prison cell floor. And a couple of days after that, my grandmother came and picked me up. Um, where I lived with um, members of the organization in uh, Richmond, Virginia, a chapter that we had called the Seed of Wisdom. We were raided there by police, mm -hmm. back to Philadelphia, came back to Philly and, you know, trying to escape this confrontational atmosphere, trying to get the kids away so that we can have a little bit of freedom and some peace in our lives. And that didn't last long. A couple of years after that, because of the, uh, the injustice of our people being in prison, given a hundred year sentence unjustly, 
accused of killing a cop that the cops admitted that they that move didn't do. Move protested, set up a bullhorn on the house and screamed and pleaded and shouted and talked and every type of communication that a person can do to try to get support around freeing the innocent people from prison fell on deaf ears. And when MOVE continued the campaign to, to talk about, to expose the injustice of our people being in prison, the Philadelphia's uh, uh, city, of, city officials decided that they were going to, to, to respond and reply to the demand. And how did they respond? They flew a helicopter over our house and dropped a bomb. They flew a helicopter over our house, dropped a bomb, a bomb that ignited a fire. The fire was allowed to burn by city officials. And when MOVE members tried to escape the burning building, they were shot at by the Philadelphia police. Some of the police that were in the, uh, in the uh, previous confrontation that took my parents to jail. Mm -hmm. And when it was all said and done, that blaze lasted for hours. And 11 members of the MOVE organization were shot and or burned to death. Man, man. <laughs> yes, uh, when you talk about um, state sanctioned violence, you know, and uh, from the origins of this country to the multiple, the, the plethora of examples of the war against black people, black community, uh, you know, organizing um, to to uh, for freedom, right? The right to to be human um, and to have that ability uh, and to see how these different tools and weapons of mass destruction are used against you know uh, this country's own citizens is you know it's the the I don't even have the words to describe. Um, and uh, there's a brother here from Pittsburgh, uh, Richard Garland, um, who uh, I believe may have been um, in the house or tied to the movement, but he was one of my early mentors here um, growing up. And he, so he would share um, stories. And so I had some awareness, but I, I did not have the details that you just shared with us. So, you know, thank you um, for sharing that with the people. Um, something that I think about too, and I know we have a lot of different questions for you, uh, but but in this in this current context, um, you know what what is important for us to understand um, based upon the wisdom, you know, the research that you had as as an ethnographer, as a researcher, right? Like a, you 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 uh, pride yourself in and being a historian of MOVE and you've done your due diligence. Um, <clears throat> what is most important for folks to understand our people, black folks in 2021 um, to understand as we're navigating this thing called America and trying to make sense um, and, you know, protect self, protect community um, on our own terms. What, what what do you say to the people? Like, what, what is important for 
the most important things for us to understand from the past, the present, and moving forward? The most important thing for me is that people hold these criminals accountable. Look, if you don't hold the government accountable for the wrong they do, why would they ever stop? Why would they ever stop? They, we ain't we not we not in on some kind of slave plantation with chains around our wrists and around our ankles because they just said you know what this ain't right. You had to, we had to fight to get that. We had to have Harriet Tubman's to make that happen. People that are willing to fight and die. You know for for freedom, we have to have people. We had to have people that were willing to leave their own children you know, and build the, the Underground Railroad. We had to have people that were willing to come from the other side and support our movement. We didn't just get out of that. It didn't just occur to these government officials that this ain't right, it's inhumane, you know, we should stop. You know, Martin Luther King wasn't assassinated because he was, he was just shot by a stray bullet. They killed him because he was talking about making change. The same with Malcolm X and the same with the with so many Panthers and the same with so many revolutionaries that we never even heard of. Right. So. I think the important the important thing with all of this, uh, Conrad Murray. The, the 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 what was he, the district attorney, the attorney general, whatever he is, the one that took his took it upon himself to um, go against the grand jury in the case of Breonna Taylor and release the officers. He charged the wall with more of a crime than he charged the, the police officers that killed her, right? Um, Ahmaud Arbery, these, two, these, these white supremacists killed this brother. He did, did nothing wrong. Walter Wallace Jr. Look at look at all of these cases where all of these people, these 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 people are killed by these police and nothing's done about it. They have their investigations. When it's all said and done, we see the outcome. These police get away with murder. And if we don't hold them accountable, if people don't push to hold them accountable, they ain't never going to stop. Derek Chauvin, right. Derek Chauvin was 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 in jail is in jail now. You know one thing about Derek Chauvin? Let me tell you something about Derek Chauvin. We saw, the world saw, Derek Chauvin put his knee on George Floyd's neck and kill him, murder him. We saw it. Everybody saw it, right? What is the point of a trial? What is the point? That is the trial. That was the, that's the evidence right there. We don't care. We don't care. Uh, if he had the kind of motive or if there was some kind of dispute before that, nah, nah, we saw it. Everybody saw it. And they had a trial. You know what? If Mike Africa Jr. put his, put his neck, put his knee on the neck of a police officer, you know what we not going to have? We not going to have no trial. Mm. No trial. Some police is going to be looking for Mike Africa Jr. and looking to, to, for the nearest oak tree mm. rope to hang me from. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, what I'm saying is that if you don't hold these people accountable and give them the type of the type of uh, uh, punishment that you that you can expect to get yourself from them when you commit crime or even accused of com committing a crime, 
you got to hold them accountable to that. If you don't, they're going to continue to do this. They ain't never going to stop. Uh, mm -hmm. My mother did 40 years in prison for a crime that the judge couldn't prove that she did and admitted it in court. Mm -hmm. Admitted it in public on a public radio station that he couldn't prove if, if my mother committed a crime. She did 40 years in prison for that. Separated from her kids, caused all kind of family trauma because she was just in the house, just there. No gunpowder residue on her hands, no video uh, footage showing that she did anything wrong, nothing wrong. But she was there, 40 years, that's what you get. Der Derek Chauvin, I bet you he don't do 40 years in prison. But he should, he should, he should get the death penalty. That's what he should get. He should get the death penalty. Because you know what? If a black person did that to him or somebody in his family, that's what we would get. And we got to hold them accountable. Make them, make, them make them apply that law equally to everybody. And I guarantee, guarantee, cops won't be so sure. They won't be so quick to pull out no gun and shoot nobody in the back like we are seeing them do. If they were facing the type of crime, the, the type of punishment for the crimes that, that that they commit like we are. Big facts. That same that same judge uh you know spoke of um the 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 antagonistic spirit of like you know they say that they're a family, they're they're a group. Um so we're gonna charge everybody as a group. You know, whether we know you had involvement or not, you're affiliated. And to your point, you know, even as you look at that Derek Chauvin, the, the George Floyd, you know, like where do those same rules apply both ways? Because there was multiple other officers that stand and watch and participate. Um, and what does accountability look like to that? You know, like, you, and I agree with you, where is the, the equality um, and the way that, that and accountability, the way that, um, you know, the law works. And so definitely appreciate you saying that. And, and that resonated. Um, I remember that, antagonistic spirit of you know that judge's point of like hey you know y'all say yeah y'all y'all family you know well then you all going to be responsible you know uh man woman and child um you are affiliated so you're going to be held accountable but we don't see that accountability on any levels um whether we're talking about you know these different systems of of oppression or attack on black community it's only black community that should have that level of accountability I, uh, thank you, Jason. I appreciate you really bringing up this double standard, Mike. Um, I remember from watching the documentary in particular being really like surprised and not surprised at the fact that um, talking about the parole board really seeing themselves as police officers and feeling as though the move nine, including your parents, you know, had to essentially, you know, suffer, you know, endlessly for, you know, just being accused of, you know, killing a police officer, right? And so just thinking about that double standard, right? And the ways in which, you know, the institution at different levels are, you know, just prejudiced, right? And biased. And, you know, it just, it, it's, it's, I feel like I have no words, you know, to, to, to think about how that, how that happens every day, right? The move nine is just one example. Who else is out there, right? Who has been incarcerated unfairly and unjustly and doesn't have the kind of, you know, support system to be able to advocate and get them out. Um, and so I think related to that, I really want to ask, you know, how have you seen 
um, and understood sort of like the perception around move shift over the years as we're becoming more sort of like because of social media and news, becoming more aware and conscious to some extent, even globally around police brutality. Um, in particular, I'm thinking about, you know, I think in your documentary, as well as other places, I've seen that move used to be, you know, sometimes called a cult, right? And that there were even some Black people who kind of felt like, oh, you know, you guys don't fit into like the respectability politics of, you know, looking a certain way or what have you. And so I'm just curious how maybe perception of move has changed over the years if, or has gained, you know, gained more sort of, um, uh, you know, acceptance as sort of being woke or being, you know, or being aware, being, being sort of politically conscious has sort of become more trendy or become more sort of, um, you know, mainstream as it were. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. There's been a lot of changes of perception. I, I think I think the cult thing that, you know, when people say that, well, there was a cult. So, so what if we're a cult? Who cares? You know, did I give you the right? You're going to drop a bomb on people because they're cult? Right. <laughs> Damn, that's kind of fucked up. Do they drop bombs on white coats? That's the real question. <laughs> Any coat. I mean, like, okay, uh, rosters. I remember uh, reading about the rosters, right? How they got started in the mountains and how, uh, and you know, how, uh, Holly Selassie and all of that, uh, and 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 like they were they were seen as a, a certain way and cultish and and crazy and ugly and you know and and now you know now Bob Marley come out there you know with a little bit of Jamaican accent and and, and smoking some bud and. And and singing good and all of this stuff. Now everybody wanna be, you know, it's cool, cool. Look, man, the the fact is, um, discrimination is real. And you know, when they feel that they got an opportunity to to inflict some of their bully mentality on folks, they do it. You know, uh, cult is just a label. You know, um, uh, 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 immigrant. You know, illegal alien, right? Uh, black, um, dirty. Uh, whatever right th th those are discriminatory things that people that the government used to 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 hurt people and kill people but just because you something else don't mean that you should get bombed i don't care if you're an alien from out of space you know what i mean like yeah and and and, and, and actually you know what you're right Narelle. like a lot of things have changed we used to i remember i mean i, I started wearing the hat because i couldn't get a job you know what I mean? I got dreadlocks coming around here. They, they walk into a, a store, hey, what can a brother get? How can a brother get a job around here? You know what you can get out of here? You can get the hell out of my store. That's what you can get, you know? Yeah, that's what we, that's the kind of stuff we experienced because of that. But I'll tell you what, once people saw that, that, it, it, that the mission that John Africa had for MOVE, something that didn't just apply to MOVE, people really started to kind of wake up. You know, um, we talking about we talking about fighting for the air that you got to breathe. How John Africa said, that's what he said. He said, we fighting for the air that you got to breathe. We fighting for the water that you got to drink. We fighting for the food that you got to eat and you know you got to eat it. And if it gets any worse, if it gets more polluted, you're not going to be eating that food. What are you going to do for air if the system that you believe in is polluted to the point that you can't breathe it? What you going to do for water? I mean, it's, so, it's only but so long that they can buy the water. How much can they clean up the water? You clean up the water, you put from pol the pollution that these factories and these industries put in the water, and then you, you take that, you leave half of it in a bottle when you throw it away at the soccer game. And, and how, much, how long is this water gonna last? We're already in a crisis. Animals are extinct. Yeah, you think that the, the 7 billion people on this, on this earth ain't in danger? 
So I think um, once people started to recognize that moving crazy, because they started experiencing that same thing. When John Africa said, you know, um, I mean, a lot of us are old enough to remember when you could just turn a tap on your, on, your, on your spigot, turn it on and drink as much water as you wanted and never had to worry about being poisoned from it. There's a lot of people now that, that never drink from the tap. They cook, with, they cook with it maybe, but they won't drink it. They buy, they buy water. And when John Africa was talking about that in the 70s saying one day you wanted to buy water, people laughed at him, thought he was crazy. Now in 2021, I'm saying, expect to buy air someday. You know, people people might think of it as crazy. It don't because it's, it's it's unrealistic. Yeah, well, we got a pandemic going on right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, and then John Africa talked about health and fitness, and and health is natural. The only place that health can ever come from is nature. You can't get help from no scientific lab. You might be able to invent something that like helps your natural. Uh, systems and cells heal and all of that, but you don't get another natural, a natural body. You don't get another natural arm. You don't get another natural brain. You know what I mean? And health, health is what is needed to sustain those things. And the system is scientifically uh, destroying those things. You know, so, man, John Africa was, was putting out that type of information and people was looking at him like he was out of his mind. But then when they started experiencing it themselves, they could see it for themselves and they start talking talking about it and, and politicians started thinking about it and actors started thinking about it, looking at it. And then something happened, man. When it came to the hair, something happened. And when this thing happened, bro, it was like, it was like, it was like a light bulb. People started accepting dreadlocks. You know what happened? Whoopi Goldberg came out with Jumping Jack Flash. And then Bob Marley got real popular over here on the East Coast. Next thing you know, dreadlocks, you can't watch a sporting event without seeing dreadlocks flying around. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now when Mike Africa Jr. go to look for that job, they be like, what you need, bro? Mm -hmm. It's a different day. It's a different day. The tables have turned. And now, and then people saw the brutality in the system, man. They saw these police, how they kill people. Move, they, a lot of people thought that, a lot of people thought that move was crazy and they deserved what they got because it was crazy. But, 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 but was Martin Luther King crazy? You know, was, was little, was little uh, Dante Dawson, who was 17 years old, guilty of smoking a little bit of weed and, and, and having sex? Just regular kid, just like anybody else. Was he crazy? When the cops shot him, was he crazy? No, he was just a regular kid, somebody's baby. And people started seeing that more and more. And, it's, and his cell phones got these cameras on him and that happened more and more, man. Moves message used to be unique, and now it's just another message amongst many other messages. That's the change. That's the difference. Man, that's good. Um, so, so along those lines, a question for you is: um, when you talk about the system being toxic for everyone, um, what elements? are still important for black people to organize around on their own? And then where is it just important for human awareness? Um, and even as you, you know, in your quest for justice for your family and supporting folks getting out of prison, um, it wasn't just black people that, that supported that, those efforts with you. And so, you know, around the belief, like, which, you know, even within the work that we do, we have, we have a belief that 
there's a there's an element of work that's still important and critical um, for black community to mobilize, organize, protect and build on. But I, when when you talk about a toxic system like you're talking about, this is this is this is bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at what levels do you say this part is still important for, you know, black folk to work on? But then this element, this is a collective thing. And as you talked about, you know, that agenda and more people became aware. And so the, the, the efforts, um, just like with other movements where it just, you know, even with the Panthers, right, they didn't, uh, um, the focus wasn't, I mean, it was black infinity agenda, black power, but then it also began to mobilize with, uh, you know, Latino community, even poor white people. So, you know, at, at what element is important to stay local and then build amongst different groups? You know, I think it's important for everybody to do what they're comfortable doing and how they support, right? You know, um, I can talk about the prison system and I can talk about how bad it is and how there's 2.7 million people in prison in, in the state of Pennsylvania and how there's double that of their children that are without their parents, right? Uh, I can talk about how it feels and, and how uh, double, the double standard is, affects people and the trauma that it brings and the separation of families and what that does to the family unit and all of that, because I've lived it, right? Uh, but for me to have that same type of understanding and passion about maybe like factory farming and whatever, there's other people that can talk about that better than I can. Not to say that I'm not aware of it or not hip to, the, to, to that information. Oh, I'm very, I'm very down with it. But, you know, uh, a, a category that's closer to me is this stuff with my parents. I think everybody, how they say, you need to get in where you fit in. You know, there's no shortage of work. There's enough work to go around for everybody. We dropping, we, you know, with the impact that we making, right, we, we, that's a drop in the bucket. Everybody, whatever category you want to work in, find your comfort zone and be the best at it and work at it, work strong and connect with other organizations when you're able, you know, like, you know, I feel like it's, it's important to like understand the importance of timing. You know what I'm saying? Everything needs to be done at the right time. Everything. I mean, naturally, you know, you know, you, you, you see, your, you see your fruit growing on the trees. If you pick it too early, it ain't going to give you the nutrients you need. If you pick it too late, it, it's going to poison you. Right. Or it could, you know, um, the proper timing is important. Uh, same with kids, right? Kids are, they, they grow, they develop. And, you know, if you put them in certain, uh, put them in certain, in uh, certain um, situations too early, they're not going to be able to handle it. Put them in too late. They still not going to be able to handle it. You got to, you got to, Think about this movement the same way. When you align with yourself with other organizations and other movements or other facets of your organization, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you got that one sewed up. You gotta make sure that it's right before you're able to move on. Otherwise you spread yourself too thin, you lose, you lose hope. You lose hope, it's too much to do. If the Black Panthers never spoke about the, the, the state of uh, the environment, that's fine. If they never talk about the state of, of women's issues, if they never ever dealt with the issues of animals and how they're locked in cages and abused and they never talked about any of those things other than we want our people free. That's great. That's great because 
because because you got people that are saying free the animals. You got people that are saying free the air. You got people that are taking those stances against women's issues, right? So allow those people to do that. Allow them to flourish in the in the lanes and in the comfort and and, and in the um, categories that they're comfortable. Everybody not going to do all, and everybody nobody can do all. So do what you can do, you know what I mean? And and let that be enough and be satisfied with that. Because I know for myself, I got to remind myself of that, man. I be trying to do everything. Cause there's so much to do. I'll be, man, like two o'clock in the morning, I'm up like, all right, let me figure out who the text message, let me see who send this email real quick, make sure I get my shit on the move. Cause there's always something to do, but you can only do what you can do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So do what you can do and be and be satisfied with that. Do the, don't look, timing, the, the, the same um, truth that is, is applied when it comes to timing is the same that's applied when it comes to the proper amount. You gotta have balance. If you try to do too much, you're going to hurt yourself. If you do too little, you, you still going to hurt yourself. So you got to do the right amount. You know what I mean? All of that balance is one of the most important words in the English language. You got to have balance. You know, one of the problems we have with this presidency right now, this, 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 this fool is unbalanced. This boy ain't got it together. He And she ain't got it together either. It's a whole lot of unbalanced situation. Don't come. Don't come. Yeah. What if somebody said that to your family? Before mm -hmm. came, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's a, it's amazing how these people have these stringent rules against people that they feel are immigrants, and you're not supposed to come over here undocumented and all that. That's a scam. What if somebody said that? What if the neighbors, soon as they tried it, soon as, soon as Kamala Harris folks tried to float themselves over here or fly their way over here, a Native American was there shooting an arrow right in their neck. He said, "Don't come. Don't come." You know what I mean? But now all of a sudden, oh my God, don't come. Man, take that trash back to wherever you came from. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. You sitting, we right here on the Native Americans land. Hundreds of millions of natives that have been wiped out and these fools is talking about don't come. Mexicans, you talking about Mexicans not walk across the street? That's crazy. These people is fools and that's why I don't vote for none of them. I vote, I vote for me. I vote for us. Yeah. Anyway, I got off on a tangent because I was thinking. No, no, no. The, ten, the, ten, the tangent is, 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 is the right track. Um, I appreciate the wisdom you're sharing. You know, one of the things you said, you know, a little earlier was, you know, you sort of felt like, I'm paraphrasing what I understood, like move sort of is one of the messages now amongst a lot of different messages. Um, with that being said, what what would you say is sort of the um, you know a stance or a view or a perspective or an approach that does sort of you know sort of differentiate itself from um, all that is occurring or being spoken, if that exists, and you know also back um, during the time where where your parents were were leading them more active, how did it? How did it situate itself amongst, you know, like you said, Brother Martin, Brother Malcolm, the Panthers, other revolutionaries? Um, so just, 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 just sort of, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I think the difference for us was like um, John Africa had a different type of approach to revolution. You know, Ma Ma Malcolm X was like, "Yo, you should wear a suit, be clean cut." You know, Martin Luther King was the same way, and and I think that was one of the things that kind of like. Um, even the Panthers, they had a style. 
they had their own style, you know, they with the leather jackets and the berets and you know what I mean? They were, they were, they were sharp in their own category. You know what I mean? Move was wild. Move was like, and I'll tell you something else. <clears throat> Move was like, uh, Move would use profanity a lot because it was like, John Africa said, you can't use no pretty words to describe such a profane thing. Mm. Up there trying to, trying to say these nice, pretty words, these regular words to describe this crazy motherfucker over here. Like, right. crazy? <laughs> that don't even make sense. Right. You're describing the president who just dropped the more, President right. Nixon dropped so many bombs, mm. right? They dropped so many bombs, killed so many people, right? And then, and, and before that, you got, you got, you got uh, um, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people killed by an atomic bomb. And you trying to use regular words, the same words that you would use to describe uh, uh, an award ceremony, you trying to use to describe this motherfucker, man. Right. That, shit, that, don't make no sense. that don't make no sense. It's not to be polite while you're fighting your enemy. Right. You know, and Move was like, nah, them gloves, we don't, gloves, ain't no gloves. We ain't putting, no, the gloves ain't coming off because the gloves never went on. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and as far as like, having like some type of respect for law enforcement or government officials just because they're officials, judges, just be moving, y'all at your honor. We, uh, yes, sir, your honor. We make sure that we gonna do the right thing, your honor. Nah, 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 nah. We always do what's right. So um, in your courtroom, I don't see that changing. Right. All right, let's write, you wanna rap? Let's rap. We talk to the judge the same way we talk to the brother on the street. Give the brother more respect because he the one that need more respect. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it and it really ain't a thing of, I mean, I, I think move people took it kind of like you know that you know young organization full of young people, right? You know, you don't always understand how to conduct yourself right off, right? You know, it takes a second to like get adjusted to this to this. But the messaging though from John Africa was, you don't show no judge respect. They're not honorable just because they're judges. They honorable body deeds. If they do something that's cool, you respect that and respect that in them. But if they're going to be trying to railroad you, why would you respect that? That means that you respect the railroading of you. Why mm. would you, you know what I'm saying? So move was, you know, and, and and I don't think that necessarily made us different, but I think that the level of it did, you know, I, and I think there's a reason that, I think there's a reason that the government dropped a bomb. Mm. You know, like when you, you, you look at the, the incidents of Tulsa and the incident of move, the bombings. Right. Both of those situations were black people that were self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. And the government, the government, the system would rather lock their own people up and kill their own people than to see any black people encouraging other black people to be self-sufficient. Because the world, this system, this city, this government, this country runs on black people giving our energy and our creativity to the system that they use to be rich. They did the same thing with hip hop and rap music, bro. Hey, Jason, I see you rocking your black, the black thought style beard, bro. Like it's beautiful, right? This is us. This is who we are. You know what I'm saying? The illest MCs. What are they doing? You look up hip hop in the dictionary. You look up hip hop online right now. And it's probably a picture of some white kids in colorful clothes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How come it ain't how come it ain't Grandmaster Flash or Funk Master Flex? How come it ain't Big Daddy Kane? How come it ain't Salt and Pepper? How come it ain't some black people that created it? 
You know what I'm saying? Culture vulture is real. And 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 so when you talk about self-sufficient, man, they'll drop a bomb on you for that. There's so many people coming along right now want to tell a move story. Most of them white. Why? Because they want to be the author of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to write it with us. They don't want to co-author it, help us write it. They want to write it. Now we tell our own story. Mm. And I wish I was more under, I wish I understood the importance of that more before I lot before I as a person who is carrying on the legacy of my family. I wish I understood that more just a few years ago because I, I certainly wouldn't have let him. Wow, man, you, you bring up a lot of a lot of things there, man. Uh, owning, owning, owning our stories, owning our narratives. Um, you also bring up the idea of where well, my mind, the way I sort of downloaded it was, um, you know, we don't have to legitimate these different systems or these people or these positions, um, you know, just because they have a title uh, or because they have been, you know, they have stamped themselves as being leaders or governors or et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm interested in how you like how you think about that in terms of, you know, I think a previous conversation that we we had, uh, I mean, earlier conversation, which is, do you continue to even try to reform uh, and push, and as you talked earlier, hold accountable uh, in the spirit of them of the belief that they would change, or is it in the in the belief or in the spirit of knowing that they won't change? Where, where do where do you stand on that? Nah, man, look, the system is controlled by pressure. That's it. And it ain't going to change unless you pressure it. So, um, and I think, I think that need to be, I think that need to be, that energy need to be channeled to force that change. Um, And and I also think that the system, it can, it, it can't change, right? It can't be better. It really can't. We're not talking about changing the thing. We're talking about destroying the thing. <laughs> Starting from scratch. <laughs> Wipe the slate clean, knock everything. You know how, look, check this out. You know how, like, I mean, I don't want to sound too graphic or like vulgar or nothing, but. That is our space. Yes, yes. You got you, you know, your girl, you see the TV shows, right? Where the, where the guy got the, the girl and the guy they in the office and, and, and they and they and they about to they about to get busy, right? They about to get it on. What they do, they they wipe the desk clean. You gotta wipe, get all of it off. You don't want nothing sticking in your ass. You got get the old John wipe away clean. Clean, clean. Because when you about to make this start to this new thing, you can't have nothing in the way from the old thing. Mm. because it ain't gonna work for you mm. wipe it clean start over mm-hmm. you know uh, uh tobacco road you ever hear the song by lou ross tobacco road um uh i was born in a dump my mama died and my daddy got drunk he left me here to die or grow in the middle of tobacco road you know and, and at the end of, you know that's the beginning and then at the and it goes and you know my, my tobacco road you're dirty and filthy I'm gonna get me some dynamite and a crane. I'm gonna blow it up and start out all over again. You can't rebuild this thing with parts and elements of this old thing because it just doesn't work. This system wasn't created for us. 
Mm. It was created on the backs of us, created through us, created with our work and our, you know, at, at, and, and, and black people as the commodity. We were the currency, you know, but it wasn't created for us and everything we got, we had to fight and die for and struggle for. So you can't just like be like, all right, so we're going we gonna to eliminate qualified immunity, right? Let's say we're going to eliminate qualified immunity. That's the law. Y'all know what that is, a law where where police can kill people. And, and, and if they feel if they can say they felt like they was in danger, it doesn't matter if the brother was running away. If he gets shot in the back, they said they felt in danger. So we're going to let the police officers walk. All right. So let's say we're going to get rid of that law. And um, before and, and while we're getting rid of that law, there are thousands of other laws that come right behind it that we also have to get rid of. There's a whole lot of other laws. And so <clears throat> what is the point in going through that list and trying to figure out which one? Let's just get rid of all of that junk. If we're talking about equality, we're talking about equality. It ain't even no such way that you can even talk about equality for people in this country while you still got Native Americans on, on reservations. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 these fools is, is running through people's neighborhoods, through their backyards, through their prairies with pipelines full of oil that are bursting and, and destroying their land and poisoning their, fa their, their families and their livestock and just destroying and obliterating the rivers, right? Uh, well, we got to do so and so and so and so. We got to do these things for the American people and this, that, and the other. When the American people is fighting this thing and getting tear gassed and shot in the face with rubber bullets. This thing ain't, nah, you can't, you can't get, how John Africa said, you cannot expect the same people who took your freedom from you to give it back to you. You got to take it from them. Big facts, big facts. I know we can ready to close out. And before we close, can you, can you just give a, a quick shout out, man? So shout out to you for the book that you just wrote. So you can you just quickly give that acknowledgement That's a, and, and, and where folks can find that book and learn more uh, about you and the organization. So I'm, I'm ordering my book when we get off the call, but, but, uh, I know, um, I know Narelle has some stuff for us, but I just want to make sure that we just show love to, to your efforts and the way, um, that you're supporting yourself and, and the movement. I appreciate Actually, that. Okay. Before, wait, so sorry, before you, well, when you do that, but also could you tell us about some of the work that move is trying to do in the future, sort of any way that people can, you know, participate, help, volunteer, the kind of things that you're looking at. So call for not just, you know, for people to buy the book, if there's, you know, donations to be made, all that stuff, uh, let us know. And we'll also put links, you know, in this so that people can easily access it. Okay, that's, that's great. I got a Patreon I'm I got going on right now. I got a podcast. I want to move with Mike Africa Jr. Um, the show is all about giving, giving the truth, man. We just tell the truth about what's going on. Um, the book, 50 Years on the Move, is the, is the history of the 50-year the history. Listen, it's a quick read. It's a 72-page book where people can like, it's kind of the Cleveland, the Cleveland notes of the, of the move, right, of the organization. So people can, you know, your train ride to, from Chicago to, to, to Detroit or whatever, you can get the John and, and, and Philly, to, Philly to Pittsburgh. Philly to Pittsburgh. That's the perfect one. <laughs> While you're on your way, on the train, on the, on the bus, whatever, driving, let your, let your girl drive so you can read it real quick. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and, 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 you know, the mission that we're on right now, look, I'm, I'm still trying to get justice. My family was bombed May 13th, 1985, 11 people were murdered. No officials who committed these crimes were ever charged with anything. 
five kids was shot or or burned to death. I'm 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 trying to get justice for my family, and so um that's the mission that we're on right now. Um, we're about to start a book tour, um to to talk about this mission, and um and hope that uh, some folks can join us. I'll, I'll make sure that I give you guys all the information on 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 paper so that you can post it to your to your networks and whatnot. Okay, we will. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, tap in with Tandem Med Network at tandemed.com on IG and Twitter. Also follow hashtag Black Terms and hashtag Own Your Story. And until next time, live, learn, and lead on Black Terms. Thank y'all much. On the move. Peace, Peace out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes,